Je suis Mathieu Bastaro et vous êtes en train de regarder Rugby Wrap-Up. Coming up next on Rugby Wrap-Up, Major League Rugby Talk with Lou Stanfield, Brian Ray, Steve Lewis and Matt McCarthy. Rugby Wrap-Up brought to you in part by Balanced Palette, Nutrition for Peak Performance and The Pig and Whistle on West 36th Street, the world's best rugby pub. Hey everybody, Matt McCarthy and Steve Lewis at the Fantasy Sports Network in Midtown Manhattan talking rugby on Rugby Wrap-Up. Stephen, welcome once again, my friend. Good afternoon. Thank you. I like the colors. Happy to be here. I like the color choices that you have there. It's kind of... Not actually as close in real life as they look right now. So. As, they, as they look identical on camera. But they, they both, both outfits make our eyes pop. Blue steel. Yeah. But, but let's not waste any more time talking about us. We have some guests on the horn, some big-name guests. Brian Ray calling in from Halifax for America's Rugby News. Hello, Brian. Good day, Mr. McCarthy. Thrilled to be back to talk about uh, Toronto's defeat. Okay. And we also have Mr. Lou Stanfill of the finals-bound San Diego Legion of Major League Rugby. Lou, Lou can you hear us? Can you hear you loud and clear. All right, Lou, you look like you're a little dinged for the wear. Did you have a rough weekend? Yeah, it looks like it. God, it can't get any uglier, but every time I look at this camera, it just proves me wrong. Yeah, get get in line, pal. Uh, but, Lou, let's get right to the controversy. How do you respond to the prevaricated quote from a contrived source that says, the San Diego Legion are nothing but a bunch of thugs playing hell-bent hell on dirty play and bullying their way to the Major League Rugby title? Don't have a response to that. How we would be, I don't know how we would be considered a bunch of thugs. Uh, you know, um, we're going out there playing the game just as anyone else. Uh, you know, in terms of penalty count, I would say we're, we're, we're lacking discipline, but we're certainly not cheap shopping anyone. We're not throwing any punches. Uh, we're playing the game within the laws of the game, which is how it's supposed to be played. Um, we're the top defense in the league for a reason. And uh, if you want to call, one of the hardest hitting defenses in the in the league, bullies. Well, playing rugby, so I'm sorry to hear that. Stephen, do you have a response to this? Because you, I know you're a big fan of referees. I'm not sure that's quite the right use of prevaricated, but I don't, I don't, I don't think so. I think it's nonsense. I don't know where you got the quote from, um, but I do think, however, both teams were indisciplined. I thought there was way too much verbals going in that game. I thought the referee did a poor job of shutting both teams down early. The, the back chat and the post-whistle comments I felt from both sides were, um, were a bit too much. Yep. Uh, so, Lou, I think the answer basically is, in your defense, is that you play the ref, you play the whistle, and until something's called, then it's not called, and that's just the way rug rugby is. But uh, skipping ahead for a second, what's the number 344 mean to you? Uh, nothing. Okay. All right. Well, I, I, I would think... Oh, no. I have 344. Sorry, that's my Eagle number. <laughs> <laughs> okay, just checking. We went over this last time. Yeah, I was going to say, I've we been through this, this before. Time. Yeah, uh, he's, he's, he's had a lot of rugby under his belt. So as a, as a part-time player, Lou, with, um, let's get to this, the, num the statistic on the number of minutes that you've logged as a part-time player. I think it's 1,032 minutes of a potential 1,280 minutes of your squad's uh, time on the pitch as a part-time player. Hopefully, your agent negotiated a bump into minutes played. 
Yeah, no, uh, I was my own agent there, which uh, didn't help anything there. It was definitely a, a situation where I was supposed to come on as an as-needed asset, uh, stating that I obviously wouldn't be able to train with the team. I obviously would be training by myself, and I'll stay fit. Uh, but that kind of evolved into something a little bit more involved. So, um, you know, always willing and happy to do whatever the team needs me to do. And if that means playing 80 minutes, well, I've done it before, and I can do it again. All right. So, in fact, you had retired basically from rugby, and you were you were in the broadcast booth for the last iteration pro rugby rugby. But it's a long way from you being in the booth with an alleged guy named Dan when you were all on the air, but didn't realize your mics were on. And he was saying, "Wow, they they really need locks because they <laughs> in this league." And you said, "Well, they're paying." <laughs> and here you are, two years later, a full time rugby player logging all these minutes. Does it ever occur to you that maybe there's a fourth World Cup on the horizon? Is that even consideration? Uh, yeah, it's a consideration. Um, I spoke, I've been speaking with the coaches, uh, at this moment, it sounds like if I'm going to be involved, I'll be an alternate. So if the event, someone gets injured or they need to bring in another second rower, uh, I'd be someone that they could call up and they know they could rely on. All right. Fair enough. Let's get to the match itself against Rooney. That was a scrappy match to say the least, Steve. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it was scrappy. I thought it was a pretty good game. I thought, uh, you know, momentum swung both ways. I felt Rooney had done enough, and I thought they had a disastrous last five minutes where some of their decision-making was was poor. Um, I also, I just don't, I mean, I, I'm not privy to some, perhaps, of the medical conditions of some of the guys. Um, for instance, Foden did have a dodgy back, apparently. But some of the other substitutions were baffling to me, baffling. Well, I think there was a, a, it was a domino effect that, that hit the lineup as soon as Ross Deacon went out. And, you know, stuff hit the fan there. Brian, what was your take on it? Yeah, I mean, hard to argue with any of that. Deacon coming out was a huge, huge loss. Uh, you know, even bloodied and battered. He's such a big part of that team. And, and as Steve said, that, that, that decision right at the end to veer away from the game plan, about five minutes to go, why on earth did they go wide and get driven into touch? That lost them the game right there. I mean, they had it. Uh, so, you know, but full credit to San Diego. Uh, they, they kept their poise. They played their game. They just went on to attack, and J.P. Duplessis in the corner, Joe Peterson, the hero, great game of rugby. I mean, not much to say beyond that. Lou, was there ever any doubt in the mind of you guys when you were coming out of the shed at the start of the second half that you were going to take this one? It's hard to say that you think about it one way or another. Obviously, we were down at halftime, and the lack of discipline that we had has been kind of a story that we've been battling against. So uh, we never doubt ourselves if that kind of answers your question. And the fact that we pulled it through in the last minute has been uh, a little bit telling of how our team operates. Uh, we played minute zero to minute 80, where we may have lulls in discipline, but uh, we sure don't uh, shy away from uh, playing, uh, playing our butts off. As the part-time full-time player. you got to get more rugby involved in your life. Yeah. I think you were coaching Sevens rugby last night. And you're the what, the NorCal guy? Yeah, NorCal executive director. I uh, was coaching Jesuit Sevens team last night. Uh, with me being gone, it kind of throws a wrench in everything. But luckily, we have a good support system where people can step in and uh, at least take the helm in something like Sevens. All right, let's go to the other match, Lou, while you're still with us from a player's standpoint. What did you take out of Seattle beating Toronto? And what are you looking forward to in the matchup with Seattle? 
Well, like you said, our team's taking a couple hits, and Seattle has uh, added a few players. And the way this year has gone, it'll be an interesting matchup. Uh, Toronto has had our number twice this year, so they proved to be a pretty good side, and Seattle put a uh, put a solid victory on them. Uh, that said, they you will know, never uh, I'll never do anything but back our boys, and uh, we're, uh, we're we're excited about this game. And when it comes to uh, going toe to toe with anyone, uh, I back us one hundred percent. One final question from me before we let you go, and then the other guys might have one for you. But you've had a lot of coaches. You've been around a lot of rugby in your lifetime. What's the thing about Rob Holdley that makes you guys click? Uh, Rob's a very player-centered coach. Uh, He is very detail-oriented, but he keeps in mind what the the players and the team needs uh, over – possibly his own agenda and his plan. So he's willing to work his, his plan uh, around what, uh, what the team may be asking for. Uh, he listens very well to the leaders on the team, and he understands that he's a part of the team. He is not the team itself. And uh, that type of humble character is uh, something that has helped our team grow and mature into a, uh, uh, a championship-bound team. He's probably up for Coach of the Year award. <clears throat> considerations with what you guys have done there. Brian, you have any final thoughts for Lou? Yeah, just one question for you, Lou. Here you are in the wars for, you know, 70-odd minutes uh, in the semifinal, and then you're carrying uh, your opponent, Luke Hume, off the field. How many Seawolves are you uh, intending to carry off the field uh, this Sunday? (laughs) As many as as it takes. (laughs) <laughs> well, there's one that you're very familiar with in Samu Manoa lining up against you this weekend. That should be a pretty interesting matchup. Stephen? Yeah, on, on the human front, I actually spoke to him, so pretty much career-ending. Um, MCL, ACL, meniscus, the whole shebang was at Surgeon yesterday. So thanks for carrying him off, Lou, but I think uh, Lukey Boy's done for a while. Um, he's done, probably. Well, if, if anybody's going to bounce back from that, it's Luke Hume. He is a fighter. But we are out of time with you, Lou. We know that you're busy with 75,000 things to do in rugby. But before we let you go, who's going to win the match? San Diego Legion, baby, all the way. <laughs> that was a tough one. That was a tough one. All right, and on that note, we have to break for commercial, but we'll be back with Brian Ray of America's Rugby News and Steve Lewis. And on behalf of both of them, I want to thank you, Mr. Lou Stanfield, for coming on. Good luck this weekend. Much appreciated, guys. Thanks for having me on. All right. That was Lou Stanfield. Don't go away. We'll be right back after this. If you're in New York City and want to watch some great rugby, have some great food, and some great times, go to the world's best rugby pub, The Pig & Whistle, on West 36th Street. My name's Luke Hume. I'm from Sydney, Australia, and I'm a fullback. Been blind since I was four, and I've never seen a beer commercial or a beer label. None of that stuff influences me. I drink beer because of the taste. And my beer is Pabst Blue Ribbon. It has the taste and the flavor. What do you think is on the label? I think there's a, a naked woman riding on a unicorn, jumping over fire. Oh, that's good beer. Hey, we're back. Matt McCarthy, Steve Lewis, and Brian Ray talking rugby, talking Major League Rugby. Guys, we just had Lou Stanfield on, and we were talking a little bit about the previous matches. A little bit, but we, we have to cover them a little bit more. Let's talk about your, your Toronto Arrows. Uh, and all kidding aside, got to give them a standing ovation for their effort this season. And they went into Seattle, and Seattle is just on fire. 
Yeah, uh, seven wins in a row going into that game. They just met a Seattle team that was fired up at home. The opening quarter, opening half really, was mostly just a disaster for Toronto. Uh, they came back in the second half, but they just gave away too many points, too many mistakes early. You know, got a couple tough calls against them. So I don't think the score really accurately reflected how close the match was. But full credit to Seattle. Their defense was was, was painful to watch in that, uh, that first half. Poor Sam Malcolm. I was really feeling for his ribs out there. Yeah, he got annihilated a few times. One, one in particular, I think it was Samu Manoa, just just destroyed him. And Steve, what did you take out of that match? Yeah, I mean, Seattle jumping out to the dream start, right? Whatever it was, 17-0, 20-0 perhaps. Um, yeah, it, it surprised me because I thought Toronto did have the momentum coming in. We talked about it last week, and I thought Seattle had been average, but they obviously in front of their own crowd, big game. they got a galaxy of stars there, and, and they, they picked the right moment to, to hit form again. Um, so, you know, presume we're doing predictions, but um, I, I think I think they'll go into San Diego and win. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. We'll get to that in a second. But the kicking across the board in the weekend, you had these excellent kickers, and two, uh, two out of the four missed some gimmies. And Brock Stoller, astonishingly, missed a couple. and But Hall Marsh missed a couple of pivotal, pivotal kicks that were very uncharacteristic for him. Yeah, so this is when it counts, right? Um, you know, Peterson slots one Iceman from the touchline, slots the most important kick of the season thus far. Um, you know, when I go back to the Rooney thing, I, I wouldn't dwell on him missing two kicks. I, I dwell on some of the decision-making. I mean, you talk about the Butcher having 13 tries or whatever it might be, and that's fine. But they, they went for the corner and a line-out mole four times. It only succeeded once. This was early on where before I gave up counting. That was three points. That was six points. They lose the game by two points. It's old-fashioned, but you take the three on offer. And too many teams, in my opinion, are decisions are driven by the players on the field and not an not understanding with the coaches prior to. If, if it's 25% success rate, that's not, that's not, it's not acceptable. Yeah. Yeah, if you're kicking 75%, boom. Yeah, and we, we've talked about this. I, I just got to be, I got to, you know, bun in the oven about this one. Yeah, well, I, I agree with you because we've talked about this before, and I'd love to see the numbers on points yeah, squandered. Execution, when, yeah, yeah. When you, go for the, when you go for the corner. And when you're on the road and you're in a playoff game, I, I think you've got to take the points. We don't, again, we don't know injuries or whatever on what was going on, but, you know, it's easy to second guess in retrospect. But, Brian, what was your what was your who was your man of the match for Toronto in that one? Because I have one, and I just wanted to see if we're on the same page. Man of the match, jeez. Oh, uh, you know, I thought Peter Malazzo had a pretty good game. I'm pretty upset still, pretty sour about that penalty he took in the first half, which I thought was a legitimate steal. Uh, I thought he was uh, pretty busy out there. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I'm leaning towards him. He's kind of a guy, an unsung guy who just kind of goes out and does a lot of dirty work and stayed in the game for them. But uh, I'm sure you have somebody uh, obvious that I'm missing. No, I, I just, no, I, I don't disagree with that. But I thought Mike Shepard had a, a really, really strong oh, yeah. match. And I just, he's been doing it all season. And he really, he really brought his A game to this one. Not that he does not every other time, but this, for me, he stood out. And I want to go back to Rooney's match. I thought Ben Foden really stepped up. Uh, unfortunately, he did wrench that back. All right, guys, we're basically out of time. Let's go with predictions. Steven? Yes, yeah, Seattle will win in San Diego. 
Seattle will, uh, by a large margin, tight match. Yeah, tight match. Tight match. How about you, Brian? Yeah, I'm going with them. No Mike Teal for uh, San Diego. He's out with an ankle, so not enough speed out wide. I'm going with uh, San Diego, or Seattle rather on the road. Too much firepower. Is that a definite that he's out? Yeah, confirmed on the uh, broadcast. He's a four to six week injury, so he's he's out of that final. I guess the bigger concern for him right now is Eagles camp. But okay, so that's a big that's a big loss. I'm going to go with Seattle. I think they're. Um, they're on fire. They, they mesh those new pieces pretty well, and uh, they've been there before. So I hate to say it, Lou, but I think that the other guys are going to win this one. And on that note, friends, I want to thank you, Mr. Steve Lewis and Mr. Brian Ray, Matt McCarthy, on behalf of both of these gentlemen for Rugby Wrap-Up at the Fantasy Sports Network Studio 34 in New York City, signing off.